When Dawn Dimmick decided to join the Army, she had several career choices still ahead of her. What to study in college, what military occupational specialty to choose, and where to get her training. But through all of these choices, she kept feeling prompted in one direction, to become a military chaplain. God has placed me and planted me and molded me in this way, and I need to step into that because there's purpose behind it and a work for me to do. Every bit along the way, it was kind of like, this is God's direct intervention right there and right there and right there. Just like pushing (laughs) to say, no, keep going this way. There was just one pretty big problem at the time. To become a military chaplain, you have to be officially endorsed by the church you represent. And the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints had never endorsed a female military chaplain. Yet. Welcome to the Why Magazine podcast, bringing you ideas, stories, and voices from Brigham Young University. I'm Whitney Archibald, and today we're going to explore the growing field of chaplaincy in the church and at BYU with the help of three pioneering women who are forging pathways and blazing trails. First, we'll meet Tamara Fitzgerald Harris, who started working as a chaplain at a residential treatment center for teenagers way back in 1989 and is now the chaplain services manager of military relations and chaplain services for the church. Tammy attended BYU as an undergraduate from 1976 to 1979. Next, we'll talk to DeLacy Barney, who was the first healthcare chaplain and the first woman to graduate from BYU's chaplaincy program in 2019, and who, like Tammy Harris did, now works as a chaplain at a residential facility for teenagers. Then we'll hear the rest of Don Dimmick's story and how she became the first female military chaplain candidate in BYU's chaplaincy program. But before we meet these pioneers, let's answer a question that you may be wondering. What exactly does a chaplain do? It's a question chaplains themselves get asked all the time, and something I asked each of the chaplains I interviewed for this episode. Without exception, they all referred to the character Father Mulcahy on the TV show MASH from the 70s and 80s, since it's one of our few references to chaplains in pop culture. In case you missed that show, here's an answer from Lee Harms, Associate Graduate Coordinator of the Chaplain Program at BYU, who was a chaplain in the U.S. Army for 24 years. In the United States military, a chaplain provides comprehensive religious support in a pluralistic environment, meaning that it's for anyone, anytime, any place, whether you're religious or non-religious. They provide this in an interreligious environment with ministers and leaders of other faiths. So you're working alongside rabbis and imams and Protestant faiths to provide and perform ministry for for those in need. The life of a healthcare chaplain looks a little different, but the goal of ministering to spiritual needs is the same. Here's DeLacy Barney, the first healthcare chaplain to graduate from BYU's program. Every day is different because every conversation is different because every individual is different and what they are experiencing in the moment of your encounter is unique to what's happening in their lives at that time. It helps a lot to not have expectations about how your day is going to go or how a conversation is going to go or what the outcomes might be. I really like the aspect of chaplaincy that is um, being creative in the moment. You're just on the adventure in conversation with a person. And I love being surprised by the resiliency of the human spirit or insights that a person has that I wasn't expecting maybe just by looking at them on the outside. One of my favorite aspects about chaplain ministry, though, is called Ministry by Walking Around, M-B-W-A. So this is the part where you walk the halls 
at three in the morning and find out who's awake, who's sitting on a bench looking worried. It's where you walk by the surgery waiting room. It's where you encounter employees, staff who are at the end of their double shift and feeling like they're on their their last bit of energy and enthusiasm for what brought them to work. And it's and that's that's the part where you have a prayer in your heart and are going by the spirit. I love it when I just say that prayer and head out the door, see where I wander and I end up discovering, oh, this person's child is in the hospital. Oh, this person's possibly getting a divorce. They're having a really hard time. Oh, this child just got news from home that such and such is going on. I so oftentimes feel led by the spirit Don't you love that there's an acronym for that, Ministry by Walking Around? Which brings us to one of the main roles of chaplains. According to Tammy Harris, the chaplain services manager for the church, A lot of times ministry just involves listening and being a caring presence and letting them tell their story. If someone can tell their story, it it takes the sting out of the heartache. It doesn't take it away. It can really take the sting out of the heartache. I think it's one of the the calling and employment and opportunities that you bring your whole self. You know, you bring your spiritual self, you bring your physical self, you bring your emotional self, you bring your intellectual self. And it's all focused on someone else. It's, It's not about you. It's never about you. And even the conversations, it's not what you want to talk about with them. It's what they want to talk about, right? So it's all about them. Although the military and healthcare fields are traditionally the largest employers of chaplains, chaplains work in many different fields. Tammy Harris gave me a longer list than I was expecting. Man, there are really so many. You know, of course, there are the healthcare fields, so hospice and hospital and treatment centers and subacute psychiatric centers and psychiatric hospitals and things like that. But then also there are educational chaplains and corporate chaplains and sports programs, you know, Major League Soccer, NFL, NBA all have chaplains. And then of course, you know, there's like FBI and FEMA and Red Cross and I mean, just really a lot of areas. As Lee Harms mentioned, chaplains can be part of any religious organization. And there are even humanist and atheist chaplains. And even though Latter-day Saint chaplains are actually set apart as missionaries as part of the endorsement process through the church, their goals are not the same as traditional missionaries. Chaplains are not trying to convert the people they're working with. It's not even ethical for them to do so. Tammy Harris explains. As a chaplain, your faith tradition means so very much. The gospel of Jesus Christ means the world to me. Um, But as I'm sitting with someone of another faith, it's their faith tradition at that moment that I am to support them in and help them in. And um, all the while bringing the love and peace of the Savior with me and, and witnessing in ways that are not articulated but hopefully are felt that they are loved by their Father in Heaven and that that He is mindful of them and that they are seen and they are known and that they are not alone. The story of chaplaincy in the Church is a story of faith, perseverance, and pioneers, including the women in this episode, who have been at the right place at the right time. Chaplains go back all the way to Elias Kimball, 
who was the first chaplain. He was serving as the Southern States Mission President at the time in the Spanish-American War, and he was called by the First Presidency. Came home, went to Illinois for training, and then served with distinction in Cuba. Similarly, in World War I, we had three chaplains. We had the prophet's son, uh, Calvin Smith. We had Herbert Ma, who became the eighth governor of Utah, and uh, then B.H. Roberts. And all of them served with great distinction and were uh, given a blessing before their service by uh, the first presidency of the church. So the chaplaincy goes back in the armed forces, you know, that kind of a history. In World War II, we had wonderful chaplains that served. In the Korean War, it was decided that chaplains needed not only to be endorsed by the church, but set apart before going off to the Korean War uh, by a member of the Quorum of the Twelve. Meanwhile, a handful of Latter-day Saint women were also working as chaplains. This history is what Don Dimmick is currently researching for her master's thesis for BYU's chaplaincy program. The church has a rich history of chaplaincy. They were chaplains in like the Daughters of the Pioneers organization, the Women's Suffrage Association throughout Utah. And then we actually had the first woman, her name was Maude Mae Babcock, who was elected to be a Utah Senate chaplain in the 50s. So very cool history. In fact, Maude Mae Babcock was the first female chaplain to serve in any state senate. If you're looking for a rabbit hole to go down, look up Maude Mae Babcock. She was a fascinating pioneer in many fields. In the 1960s, there were 15 male military chaplains endorsed by the church. This is where we pick up Tammy Harris's personal journey. Her father was one of those 15 chaplains serving in the U.S. Air Force. Chaplaincy was the world she grew up in. After her father retired from the Air Force, he worked as a chaplain in a residential treatment facility for teens up until 1989 when Tammy took over. My chaplaincy launched because my father was really ill. He was dying. He let the facility know, like, you have to find someone else. I've been given two months to live. And I don't want to leave these kids high and dry, but please try to find somebody. And my dad actually lived seven months, but he contacted me and said, please come with me. I'm getting weak and I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to do this. There just weren't very many chaplains available in the late 1980s. And so my dad did die, went with him on a Sunday, met the youth, and he died on Tuesday, just two days later. And and so the facility said, please keep coming. We'll try to find someone else, but we don't have anybody. Please keep coming. And so I did. And really, I've, I've been a chaplain ever since. I've done my training since then. I got my graduate degree, had my clinical pastoral education training. Well, at that time, their endorsement was not available for anyone except for military chaplains. But even though it didn't officially endorse them yet, the church was aware of Tammy and the other non-military chaplains who were laying the foundation for a more expansive chaplaincy program in the church. About 10 years into her work as a chaplain, Tammy was called to church headquarters so they could learn more about her work. I was just asked, how do you make this work? This is so exciting. Do you think that this is an opportunity for employment for Latter-day Saint women as a whole, that they could use their, their gifts to minister to people outside of our faith? Like It was very much an excitement, an energized type interview. And I knew then the wheels were turning. Now the wheels turn slowly. They did with the handcarts, but but they got where they needed to go. It's okay to go slow and to figure things out along the way. But Tammy still hoped for official endorsement. I knew of my dad's endorsement, and I knew all that it meant to him. So I wanted that. 
I, I wanted to be able to come to those trainings and I wanted to be endorsed in that the, the church, the brethren, the chaplain's office knew who I was, that I wanted to do things right and that I kind of had their stamp of approval and could move forward in faith. The field of chaplaincy gradually began to grow among Latter-day Saints, kind of under the radar. And in 2008, BYU began its graduate program in military chaplaincies, starting with six students. The coursework has evolved over the years as a fascinating blend of religious and social study. It's an interdisciplinary program, so they get a third of their graduate credits from the Department of Religion. We have these great professors who teach their graduate religion classes, so they're schooled in their own theology. And then a third of the classes we teach, they get to be taught by those that have served as chaplains. And so we teach pastoral counseling, we teach homiletics, how to preach, we teach uh, death and dying, ethics, professional chaplaincy, those sorts of courses. And then the other third of the classes they get from the clinical side, social work, marriage and family therapy, and counseling. As BYU's program was developing, DeLacy Barney was working as a nurse. She started to notice chaplains at the hospital. Rubbing up against chaplains in healthcare settings was really how I got interested in it for my own self. I would observe them having great existential conversations with patients, praying with patients, engaging them in ritual and contemplative type practices. I loved what they were doing while I was doing more functional type tasks as a nurse. So DeLacy kept thinking about chaplaincy and soon decided that that was what she really wanted to be doing. I started the process of the education, the residency, and made the switch from nursing care to spiritual care. Then she found out there was a chaplaincy program at BYU, so she gave him a call. When I called BYU chaplaincy program years ago and said that I was interested in the program, the person who answered the phone said, oh, I'm so sorry, we don't have women chaplains in the church. It just doesn't exist. And at that time, I was already doing my clinical pastoral education at a hospital. So I was a resident chaplain. And and my answer to her was, well, I know there are some and I am one. (laughs) So DeLacy left messages for the professors who were in charge of the program at that time, didn't hear back and moved on. Little did she know that the ball was already rolling. In 2014, the church officially endorsed Latter-day Saint chaplains in chaplaincy programs outside the military, including women. Tammy Harris was thrilled that she could finally be endorsed. She shared this quote by Neil A. Maxwell that helps her understand how all the pieces fit together. The same God that placed that star in a precise orbit millennia before it appeared over Bethlehem in celebration of the birth of the babe has given at least equal attention to placement of each of us in precise human orbits, so that we may, if we will, illuminate the landscape of our individual lives, so that our light may not only lead others, but warm them as well. And I've just found like these coincidences of being in the right place at the right time, having a lot of resistance and realizing, okay, this is the adversary. I'm following the Savior's plan. And I am striving to keep the commandments and stay on the covenant path. That's just part of the game. Yet, I've just found if I just remember, like, this is just a test and you'll pass it. Just keep the faith. And every time, it just opens up to incredible opportunities. 
Now that the church officially endorsed healthcare chaplains, DeLacy decided it was time to check back in with BYU. The timing just happened to be really great. But when I circled back around after my clinical pastoral education, that's like a residency for chaplains, that I was looking at different theological programs across the country. I came back to BYU again and said, how about let's do an experiment? You know, let's, we could give it a try, a pilot. And they went for it. So that's how DeLacy became the first non-military student in BYU's chaplaincy program. And she loved it. Having the graduate level religion classes at BYU from the people who are literally writing the books was such a joy and such a privilege. And I miss being in class with such scholars and with my peers who are also not only chaplaincy students, but seminary and institute graduate students. The religion classes at BYU were so delicious to me. DeLacy Barney graduated from BYU's chaplaincy program in 2019. She first practiced in a hospital setting and then worked with some agencies in disaster response during COVID. And as you know, now she's the chaplain for a residential treatment center for adolescents in mental health care. I asked Delacy what her goal is for her chaplaincy career. It would be to be a follower of Christ, to love and serve my neighbor, to be a minister, to lessen human suffering where I can, promote healing, encourage hope and point people to Christ if that's where they are. Um, Help people zoom out, perhaps consider a bigger picture than where they might be feeling stuck. I am so thankful that I have chaplaincy as my profession. It's ministry. It's a way to live my covenants. It's a way to love my brothers and sisters full-time. While DeLacy was beginning her new career, Don Dimmick was on her own road to chaplaincy, which started one specific day in middle school when the Army came to visit. They came to our middle school in eighth grade and had these like funky gray tin looking little hats and like marched around and I was like, I couldn't even imagine doing that. And then I found out that it was a replacement for PE. Like you could do that instead of the two year PE requirement. And I ended up doing it all four years, which you only had to do two for the PE requirement. Then at age 17, Dawn joined the Army and enrolled in Utah State University. She started her Army career as a cargo specialist operating heavy machinery. It didn't take long to realize that was not the right fit. And then chaplaincy just kind of started to find her. She decided to serve a mission. We were watching Meet the Mormons in the MTC, and the word chaplain came into my head three times. And I was just like, it was another one of those things because I questioned everything (laughs) where I was like, okay, was that just my own thoughts or like, oh, is that God, you know? And um, I like sat with that and, and just went through my mission. And I I had two more dreams on my mission that again, like didn't make complete sense, but then like five years later made a whole lot of sense and had to do with chaplaincy. So I had the feeling and the word on, on chaplains. Dawn came home, changed her major to both international relations and religious studies, and started investigating the road to becoming an Army chaplain. There are three main requirements. First, get a bachelor's degree. Check. Steps two and three posed a bigger challenge. To secure an endorsement for military service from your faith group and to enroll as a full-time student in an accredited graduate program that qualifies you for ordination. She learned that the church did not endorse female military chaplains, although they were in ongoing conversations with other women who were also interested in pursuing military chaplaincy. They said, 
we're considering like case by case basis. We've had some women inquire before, but none of them fit all the requirements and you fit the requirements. So I've been told some things like that. And they're like, don't get your hopes up because it has to be like get approval here and here. But like, we'll, we'll give it a shot maybe. So Dawn kept pursuing her career goal with faith. She applied to be a chaplaincy candidate in the army and she was accepted. But without the church's endorsement, Dawn still couldn't apply to BYU's military chaplaincy program. Still, she knew BYU would be part of her experience because of a prompting she received while attending women's conference with her mom. I was sitting in the theater and I just had this feeling of like, I'm going to be at BYU. And I don't, I didn't know for what, but I was like, I'm, this place is going to be important. So Dawn continued chaplaincy training through the military, and she and several other candidates continued discussions with the chaplaincy department at church headquarters. And then in 2020, the church decided to start endorsing female military chaplaincy candidates. Dawn became the first woman to be accepted into the military chaplaincy program at BYU in 2021 and is currently finishing her training with an expected graduation date of April 2023. With this policy change, I mean, where I'm at in my thesis work, it's like realizing, oh, God has placed me and planted me and molded me in this way. And I need to step into that because there's purpose behind it and a work for me to do. Chaplaincy is still very much an emerging field for Latter-day Saints. As of 2022, 300 church members were officially endorsed as chaplains, with more non-military than military chaplains. And Tammy Harris is now working at church headquarters to help other chaplaincy candidates, including both the Lacey Barney and Don Dimmick, through the process. BYU's program is growing, too. Since it started with six students in 2008, it's grown to accept nine students each year for a total of 18 in the program at a time, with 42 total graduates as of 2022. There are currently three women in the program. There's just great excitement to have women be participating in this ministry. The women are authorized and set apart to do everything that the men do. Lead worship, preach, uh, conduct weddings, conduct funerals. I, I, something in the church that uh, weddings, for example, was only done by a general authority, a stake president or a bishop, and chaplains. So it's a great opportunity for our women to, to serve in spaces where they haven't been able to before, but also to show the world that, you know, women in the church serve and have a long history of serving and preaching, teaching, and leading. Since her time at BYU, DeLacy has loved watching the program grow. It's been so rewarding to see more and more non-military chaplains, more and more women, including women in the military being accepted to the program. It's so exciting. Tammy Harris sees this as just the beginning. I hope and expect it to grow. I really think it will. I envision it really going worldwide because the Lord needs his Latter-day Saint chaplains throughout the world to be a part of the gathering of Israel and being a light to those who may be on a dark path. And DeLacy Barney agrees. I see many Latter-day Saint people, men and women, military, civilian, being attracted to the field. Chaplaincy as a field is booming. As religiosity in Western societies is decreasing, chaplaincy in community settings is increasing because people still want spirituality. It's also a way to get Latter-day Saint people being of influence in the community, being in religious conversation. You're working with chaplains of other faiths let's represent, let's join in the conversation, let's be part of the worldwide healing of souls, you know, shoulder to shoulder with our Catholic and 
Jewish and Muslim and every denomination of let's have more members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints also out there meeting people where they are spiritually and being a force for healing and hope. Thank you for listening to the Y Magazine podcast. This episode was researched, written, and performed by Whitney Archibald based on the article called to service in the winter 2023 issue of Y Magazine by Denya Palmer. Audio production and original music by Jarrett Davis Production. Oversight by Denya Palmer and Peter Gardner.